told you. No, it's fine. Yeah, no, it's not fine. I'm looking. Here's the thing. Sammy. People steal everything from you. Here's a lesson. It, you know what? It's not even. Uh, you better play the disclaimer. Just play the fucking disclaimer. Uh, you already the disclaimer. did it, Sarah. All right. Oh, God. This is a statement intended to specify or delimit the scope of rights and obligations that may be exercised and forced by parties in a legally recognized relationship. Wait, what? This is your disclaimer. The Hey Frage podcast may not be suitable for all years. Oh. I am I am making a declaration on this show, okay? I swear to God. I swear. And if if I if I break this, you can tell me then what the um what the fine is, what you want me to do, okay? Uh, sir, there I is am no not fine. I am never sharing talking to anybody about concepts or ideas that we have ever because people steal everything yeah they everything do. everything is timely sarah the second you start the ball rolling you need to get it out okay this is another lesson to show that you let your paranoia beat in there you sat there you said it wasn't exactly how you wanted and so you refused well guess oh, what well no. we could have easily just given them that sarah and that would have aired but instead they stole our idea and they did it the exact same way the exact same way. Well, there's. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this because theirs was actual. Um, theirs actually had the elements. Like, uh, okay, here's the thing. I am not even gonna talk about who stole this idea or whatever because um, I think everybody can guess, and I'm not going there. But all I'm saying is, you know, Sammy had this idea. We go to shoot it. Now, the person that we shot it with, I'm gonna say this, was not really equipped, right? No. So what they had advertised, they didn't really have, and we were going to shoot this segment, put it out to you guys, put it, you know, on TV perhaps. So we had this concept, right? And then we go, we shoot it, but it doesn't really come out the way that we want. There wasn't really much there. And somebody else ends up taking the idea. And I, I just, anyway, I, you know what? I That's don't how it want is, to man. tell you. Because here, but here's the thing though, like this is, if it was me in charge, that idea would have already aired and been out there. And there's no way they could have stolen it without me getting credit. This is what happens when you don't trust me, Sarah, okay? People sit there, they steal our ideas, and they come out, and they happen like that. Like, I'm not mad at them for taking it. That's what they do. Like, that's oh. what people like that do for a living. They don't think of anything original. They take other people's ideas. Nothing that's all original. They do. That's all they do. So it's fine. I expect that. That's why when we pitched the idea and we told them what we were doing and we taped it, we should have just rolled with it and tried to have as good of a time as possible because guess what? They stole it. And I'm- now we get no credit for it. Oh, I know. I completely believe me. I completely <laughs> bless Beforehand, you. Beforehand, people may have said, "Well, okay, that's a little bit, you know, that's not really what I expected to see." But I get what you guys are going with that. That's better than the fact that we got zero credit whatsoever, which is exactly what happened. Oh, I, I'm I am completely well aware. I'm completely and well it, aware. And these people have no fucking original. You thoughts. should learn from the Amanda Knox documentary, Sarah. Okay. Oh, I watched you that. Are, what about it? Yeah, you should learn. Okay, when you're dealing with you know any sort of news or media that's timely like that, like what we were doing. You don't have time to check facts and make sure it's actually that good, okay? You just throw out what you have because you have it first. And that's exactly what we should do. That's exactly what we should have done because we had it first, and I told you people were going to catch on to this because it's big. And they caught on, and they took it. Boom. Nothing. I know. I know. Nothing you can do but sit back and just say, all right, well, they took our idea. Yeah, no, they totally did. They totally did. And I just feel like, you know what? Ugh. Now I'm actually more curious to see how many other of my ideas you gave them without telling me. Because I'm just going to start actually watching and seeing how many of my ideas show up during their... <laughs> None. You know. I gave them some other ideas that I had. But okay. I know. Anyway, no, it was... Which I'm sure they'll take those, too. So, um, and that's the shitty part, is, like, I gave those to them when we were under, like, a different assumption of, hey, we were doing this. But, anyway, in the meantime, anything that we do moving forward, I I just have to shut my mouth, honestly. Uh It's the hardest thing for me to do. And that's a good lesson. All I'm going to say is, when you get into the entertainment business, if you are listening to this podcast, or, for that matter, probably any other business... Everybody steals your ideas. I'm adding confidentiality, like that confidentiality paragraph, to my email now. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just going to throw that back in people's faces. I'm telling you. 
Anyway, how are you? Is everything good? I want to know yeah, what's going totally on chill. in your life. Yeah, man. I hung out with the Beats man last night. Teddy Beats? Yeah. What's going on with Teddy Beats? Well, here the thing is, he had like this date night with his girl planned where they were going to a uh, milk bar. You know milk bar? Oh, sure. They have well, one in New York. Yeah, for and they birthday. just opened up in D.C., right? Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to go, and I was like, word, let's do this. And so we just like went down, you know, got some cookies, got some cereal milkshake. How was the cereal milkshake? Because I've just, actually never eaten there. I mean, it's good. I mean, it's, it's not that good, is I it? I know it is. It's good. It's oh. really good, but it's a different thing. But it's nothing like that. When people go, oh my god, is it the best thing I've ever had? They go, it's pretty good. Like it's pretty good. <laughs> like it's definitely a good idea. I remember when I first had cereal milk, like when they had it like as a panna cotta at one of their like, at one of their restaurants in New York, like. That was awesome. I was like, holy crap, this actually tastes like the milk after cereal. But now it's kind of become their staple thing where it's like used so much. It's almost like Old Bay. You know what I mean? Cereal milk to David Chang is like Old Bay to the Maryland region. You guys use it way too much. Like it's over. Like it's, it's overdone. Over, over like it. it's overused. You know what I mean? Like on cer- like yes, certain aspects it's great, but when there's cereal milk, everything I just go, all right, guys, this is overused. Now wait, is milk the same as owned by Momofuku? Like yeah, are they the one the in the same? David Chang uh, owns all of them. Yeah. Okay, got it, got it. Yeah, we went there for your birthday, but I, I uh, oh, I guess we did have their cereal pie, which was really good. A piece of crack pie or something like crack that. Crack pie. That was it which for is your not birthday. With the cereal milk. Yeah. Oh, that, oh, that didn't have something else, yeah. Oh, it did taste delicious, like cereal. Do you but know one of those pies has like something like 8,000 calories? Bring it for on. For one pie? Please, I am not counting calories. They say like a slice is like 500-something calories, but you go, all right, well, that's like 700 calories. You go, okay, that's a lot, but it's a piece of pie. Like, I get that. But then you actually look and you realize that they're talking about a serving as one-sixteenth of the whole pie, which is literally this tiny sliver as big as your thumb, and you go... God damn, seven hundred calories. Hey, when it was your birthday, I think for like fifty dollars they can you can bring out the entire cake. Oh, dude, yeah, it's crazy. But I wouldn't want one of those cakes. But when we went, you know, you and all your friends know everybody in the restaurant business, so everyone there knew you and was just like rolling out like all this and food and all these apps and different things that weren't on the menu. So by the time we got to dessert, I really wanted to order the cake, but everybody else at the table was like, Bro, Look, we were, we're so stuck. full. Sarah, we had God knows how many buns, how many we had a whole roast. Pork shoulder. Do you understand what that is? Like, yeah, no, I remember. It, it, was, it was like a whole like twelve pound slab of meat. That, oh, I remember. Oddly enough, we like took some of it home, thinking, "Oh, this is going to be great to eat tomorrow." Dude, no, we end up eating at the bar later on that night, anyways. So it was. Yeah. It was amazing. Well, anyways. Oh, good. Well, um, I want to find out what's going on with you. I, there's so many stories too that we need to talk about. Um, we are kind of uh, doing this show. This is like a little bit of a bonus show for you because you know we're on vacation, uh, basically all week long. So, but we wanted to give you something extra today. Mm-hmm. So I also want to talk about, and this story is kind of dated now, but the guy who tried to put his wedding ring on his penis Which and is, then had to have his mom. This story is so crazy. But, okay, I mean, I'll wait till you talk about the story, but honestly, I thought about it, okay? You know they say, like, you have to walk a mile in a man's shoes to really understand, like, <laughs> I sat there and I tried to walk a mile in this, in this guy's shoes, and I think that he actually made all the correct decisions. <laughs> but why would you, first of all, do you think you could, I, I have so many questions, so that's coming up. I want to talk about that. Um, also, I know you have zero, zero interest in this, but there's an extended trailer out of Mariah Carey's reality show that's coming out in December, and I'm going to admit, I will watch. Can't wait. I know this seems like this continues our conversation of, would you call me not a, not a millennial, not a generation, I'm a You're a gen, generation, gen, gen, you're, a gen, you're a generation. Gen, genital, general? You're a genillennial. Genillennial, that's a gillennial. it. Genillennial. <laughs> I'm going to totally make that into a genital. I am a genital. You are a genital, Sarah. <laughs> you are a genital. One single genital. Think like Lance Armstrong. Just one single oh my God. genital. Okay, so I want to talk about that, too, because I really actually will watch that. Um, but I, I have a serious question for you. Yeah. I, I, but I really I wonder about this. Yeah. I feel like we should no longer talk at all. Speak at all. Unless the microphones are on. What the fuck? What are you, Kim Kardashian now? No, I really do. Do you feel like people would be able to relate to all of our uh, good conversations, bad conversations, our highs and lows? No. Why not? Because I think there's, look, I think it's something to just to say that we can have conversations, we can have our lives, and then we can still do this show, you know? Like, if you're saying, like, every time that I'm out with you, I have to have a camera going, that's not fun. You wouldn't wouldn't do that? I mean, I would just treat every time I hung out with you as work. Like, we wouldn't be friends. You know what I mean? 
Well, I feel like all of our conversations, because, you know, this whole process, and you know what I, I feel like is, do you feel like the more success we get, get the more uh, complicated some of the back-end stuff is? Uh, I mean, sure, I guess. It's like seems like it's, you know, natural for that to happen. Well, I feel like, you know, I want to reveal, like, everything that goes on between us. Because we have highs and lows. We have moments where we don't get along. We disagree on things. And I feel like we should put that on the show. I don't think you want to. (laughs) Why? Because I'm just telling you, I don't think you want to. Wait, could we have a serious conversation about the discussion we had yesterday? No. In a mature way? I told you no before this. And then you're still going to bring it up. Like... can we do it if we just make it like hey this is what we're discussing and this is like how because you're saying not to make it personal but it was all based off something that was personal it was all based off something that I took as personal so well, it's I like take it so, that's in, so it's impossible for me to sit there and have a conversation because it's going to sound like I'm crazy. But in all realities, I'm not. Like I don't think you're crazy at all, and I would never ever position this conversation like that at all. But what I do think people can relate to, and I feel like there's been this like ongoing discussion and kind of tension between you and me, is like as a show grows, how do you do it without? Do, would you say egos are involved? Like, do you feel like it's yeah. an ego thing? Okay, so. Here's the thing. I'm just going to set this up, and then you tell me, like... No, because it's not going to sound good for you. I'm telling you, stop. I don't care. I know you don't care, but I do. I don't want to talk about it. Like, I didn't tell any of my friends about it yesterday. I didn't go complain to everyone about it yesterday. I literally talked to you, did that, got in my car, picked up Monica, and that was it. You know, hung out with Teddy Beats. I know, but we share a lot on this show, and I feel like I... I guess I feel bad about the conversation, and I feel like... I don't know that it's still resolved, so that's why I feel like it but is. But it like is, good. because at, look at this. I want to go back to this Adam Ferreira interview from, like, what, episode 137 or something like that? Okay. 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 Adam Ferreira sits there and he looks at you and he goes, no, guys don't want to sit there and talk about their emotions, all right? We just dealt with them. I don't want to go there and rehash everything. Like, it's literally been dealt with. It was dealt with yesterday. And there's no point in me bringing it up again and talking about it again because all it's going to do is just remind me exactly, like, all right, yeah. Because I came to a compromise. All it's doing is me sitting there and, like, and talking about it. It's just going to piss me off. <laughs> no, but that's good. That's Like, what I don't care about. that someone stole my idea as much as, like, this conversation will actually legitimately, like, piss me off. Well, I, I don't want you to be upset about it. All I want to talk about is right now you and I are in this struggle, right, of coming up with how do – when we move forward and as we move forward and grow this show, there is a tension in creativity of who controls what idea or who has what idea. And how do we get – the whole conversation of this is how do we get beyond that? Yeah. How do we get to a place where it's not like – because don't you feel like it's, hey, I should get credit for this. You feel like I'm taking credit for things that I didn't do. And basically that's what the conversation is about, really. Well, I believe the conversation was I was there saying our ideas, our ideas, only to realize that in your notion it was your ideas and then I am just helping support those ideas. I believe is where the fight stemmed from. Yeah, and here's the thing. And Where initially I was saying it was our ideas, our show, but you're saying no, it's your show and I am there to support your ideas and your vision. Well, to give this context, and you know why I want to bring this up, because I feel like we're in this delicate situation, and I'll say this, like, I feel like what's happening to us is a slippery slope of what happened when we were at Hot 99.5. And if you don't deal with it and you aren't really honest about your feelings, we know what that what the result there was. And that show never got the incredible success and sort of the life that it took on even beyond us because we never had true, honest conversations. Okay. And my thing, okay, so to give this some context, you know, a couple of years ago when I left Hot 99.5, right, I had said to you, and, and part of the, one of the reasons that I left is I always said, you know, I want to have my own show. Yeah. I want to, I've always wanted to be Oprah, but I'm raunchy and dirty, and as you know, I could care less, and I get naked in front of people, and yeah. so there's a Howard Stern element of me, right? So fast forward, we, we get this offer at 107.3, and the offer with 107.3, I compromised a lot, and it was shitty, right? Because initially, I wanted you and Mel, the three of us, to host the show, mm-hmm. and that wasn't the reality, right? No, it, wasn't. it was, hey... Okay, cool. That's a great idea, but actually you're going to have somebody else. And that's fine. Those people, everybody was a good person on that. It wasn't like, oh, hey, someone's doing it maliciously or anything like that. But it felt like I compromised. And then when we left, I'm like, okay, Sammy, that's it. We're starting this podcast. We're calling it Hey Frage. I branded this forever. And I had always looked at us as like, hey, 
you're the Ed McMahon of the show. You're the greatest co-host of all time. I've always said that on the show. But as we've gone on, I think that you don't like that. You want it to be a 50-50 partnership. And so we are at this place where it's like, okay, what is the show going to be moving forward? And I do feel like it's a big moment for us that it is good to share with the audience because it's going to make or break us in some way. And I think there's a great kind of fear in that and honesty and I'm very fearful because I love you and I want you to completely love this show and be a part of it and not resent me or and I don't want to become people that we've worked with and I feel like sometimes I could become that you know because I think it's easy to get divided and that's basically what our conversation was yesterday and yeah We're at this different place where it's like, hey, what's the future going to be? Are we going to be 50-50 partners or not? Well, again, like I said, like we mentioned this yesterday, I feel that anyone who's ever listened and anyone who has, you know, been part of it, maybe I'm wrong, you know, but I feel like they've always assumed it was 50-50 to begin with. It wasn't until yesterday that I was informed of said information. I was honest to God, and I know you don't, I know that that's what you thought, but I honestly believe that this show was something different. I really did. I thought this was a female-led show and that you were comfortable being the co-host and that that's what the show was. But I now know that's not what you wanted to be. No, I mean, because it's, I think there's a difference when you're saying, I've never said I was the, I've always said I was the host of the show. And so are you. I was like, Sarah's the host, I'm the other host. Uh, Yeah, we host a show together. The fact that, when you say the word co-host, it immediately shows like, you know, and that's also the way that stuff was said yesterday, too. You know, it's you. It's yeah, it's not the same. I don't know. It's fine. I'm still here. I'm still rocking. Well, I still want to bring it up. Like, that's what I said from the get go. Well, I feel like there is. I mean, I want to bring it up because I feel like we do share everything with the audience. And yesterday, what we agreed upon was, hey, we want to create this show. And that's what we've always set out to do that nobody else is doing. I think it's just at this point, look, I had to sit there and at least now I know what to expect. And it's fine with me. But wait a second. So what are you saying? That we're back to now you feel like you're the co-host and no, we're not? Fine. Look, if that's, look at this. I know no! what to expect. <laughs> like, I know what to That's what I'm trying to tell you. That's why I don't want to bring it up. Like, I was totally content. I was happy. I was showing up. I said I talked like nothing was different when I walked in the door. That's bullshit, though. Why Nobody. don't you just call me on my Nobody. bullshit? Because you're going to be unhappy again in two months. Be. I'm not going to be. Because guess what? Like, I know. It's one thing. Look, it's one thing to sit there no! and to have, like, I guess, here's the thing. Is... We always complain because we hated they dangled carrots, you know. At Hot 99.5, they dangle carrots. They dangled yes. carrots We're, at a lot of stations. Yes. That's what they do. Okay, that's what they do with a lot of media jobs. They dangle carrots in front of me and they go, "If you're just around for six months, trust me, another year we got you." It happened to Roy Wood Jr. from the Daily Show. He talks about it all the time how they just dangled carrots in front of him his entire career. And you radio. feel like I'm dangling no, no, no. a carrot? And a I bit. felt like maybe I had a, a carrot dangled. Now I know that carrot's not there, so like I'm not worried. Wait. And it's totally fine because now I go, "All right, great." Like. As opposed to me constantly trying to, like, I know exactly where I am and I know what to focus on now. It's like if you're playing on a basket, Sarah, you're taking it as a negative thing. If I can sit there and I, I can play, if I can play point guard, shooting guard, and forward and small forward on a basketball team, okay, and then all of a sudden I get a coach who goes, you know what you're going to do? You're now just going to be the point guard. Okay. That's at least now I don't have that carrot dangle in front of me knowing that I could be any of these positions. Now I know you're just gonna be the part you're just gonna be the shooting guard wait a second. and I can focus and be really fucking good at that. That's not a bad thing. You're the one who's taking it as a bad thing, but I think like it's not defeat, it's something like that. It's just okay. You know, I know. Great. I'm totally fine. But wait a minute, I feel like that was like not the conversation that we ended up leaving with last night. Yeah, but that's what the conversation is gonna lead to. And so as opposed to me sitting there and like <laughs> I just figured it was like way easier for me to focus on what I know I'm good at, what you want. It's easy. Like it's super easy. Like it keeps no. my life going, it keeps my livelihood going. Like I'm not no one's good here's the thing. We could have literally done today's show and nobody would have noticed. Who cares? I want people to notice. But it's now you're going to bring this we- up and then you're going to, people are going to be like, oh, well. And now everyone's going to think crazy shit now. Every time I show up and I say something, they're going to think all these conspiracy theories. Well, no, of it's not. What? There is no conspiracy theory. I will, look, do not fucking, okay, the next time you show up, and you know what? This will be great because people stop asking us about the Kane show. They can ask us about this. So, one, I just did you a huge favor. Okay? When you see us in real life, there is no drama. We've been friends for 10 years. We're going to figure this out. And I feel like everybody, and the other thing is, and I'm not saying, 
saying anything because I always open yeah. my mouth. We're working on a project, and I feel like when you work on a project, that the stress is involved. That's understood. It's major stress, major right? Stress. Major creative differences, and that's all we're having. And that's but fine with me. I cannot lose you. Are you kidding? I'm not. Did I ever say anything about losing? I said no. Yeah, now but, I know what to focus on and what to really be good at. We had talked well, about this yesterday, on? No, and we know. had a lot of great cards. Where you go, you know what, Sammy? You know, not look at this. Like, what? Like, like you said, like, what are they? Like, I don't know. Wonder Woman and Superman, okay, they're a great team, right? But they don't always, you know, they don't always do, like, they don't always fight crime together. You know what I mean? Right. One Which time is, they have their own comic book series. And then sometimes they're together, and, and they, that's okay. fine, right? And so we that's agreed on that. Be? We agreed on that, and that's totally fine. I just need to know exactly what you wanted and where it was going and how I could weave my way into it. That's it. And oh, I know, what? and I'm fine. I'm totally cool. <laughs> That is so not the conversation that I thought we had. I was coming today going, you that know what? We are adults enough I to have it. this conversation. I get it, but hold on. That's a conversation that we can have, but then it's always going to leave something. In my head, I'm trying to think this, okay? We have a really good team, right? And we have we have a season ahead of us that we need to be fucking good for. I don't know why I bring up so many sports analogies today, by the way. But we have a season where we really need to get, like, we really need to focus on, sports. okay? Okay? And at this point... I can either sit there and let this deal with it, or I can just take a seat back and become the shooting guard, knowing that it's better for the fucking team. And as long as we win the championship, it doesn't matter, Sarah. If we win, if you're the point guard, you get a ring. I'm the shooting guard. I still get a ring. Like, winning is winning. You know what I mean? Well, who do you think I am in this? Then? You're the point guard at this point. Okay? You're the but point guard. Okay, well, I'm the I shooting thought, guard. Isn't there two point guards on every team? No, that's what I thought we no, were talking Sarah, about. Sarah, that's the whole point. There's a point guard and the shooting guard, usually. Right? So the point guard's one that mainly calls the plays, and you know, it's they're the one that usually control the team. I'm totally fine with this. You know what my biggest my biggest thing with you always has has been in this process and like learning is I always wonder, like you know exactly what I want, but I always want to know what do you want because I really I adore you and I want you. But it's to not have about everything. that at this point. I have to. And here's the thing: I've learned this at a young age that when I get to the point that I get to say what I want, trust me, everyone will know what I want. At this point, like you know, what's that? I'm not there yet. I don't have like I don't know what I. So what's that mean? Are you just gonna like? Go with the show for a while and then be like, fuck you, peace out, I'm no, doing this. No, I mean, no. That's what we did for our last show, by the way, just before we start throwing shade at that. We both did that. No, we didn't. Um, I mean, we worked there for a few years and we go, all right, peace out, y'all. We're going to go do our own things. We both yeah, did. but let's be honest. That's not really why we yeah, left. We had saying- conflict. Here's the, the thing. I walked away from the conversation last night being like, there was, there was one thing that stuck with me, and that is I always want to work with you and I yeah. can never and I ever do too. Lose that's you. why I'm dealing with that's why I don't I think you're missing ever. the fact that if it was anybody else if this was any other I would have literally just been like okay well fuck it like I have no problems walking away from situations that I don't feel comfortable in I've walked away from a lot of jobs that I don't feel comfortable in yeah, me okay too. <laughs> all right when we shouldn't have problems I sat there and I go all right fine like clearly I know it's better for the team and I know what to do and it's better like that's it you know do you really believe that or are you yeah, still I truly like believe that it's fine like I have no problems with it okay great well it's yeah. better for me to sit back and a fucking ride this wave than a fucking jump. You know what I mean? It's better for me to sit back and arrive and to ride on this boat than to fucking jump off in the middle of the sea right now. Because well, then I'm like the best thing case scenario, I can maybe get back to shore and I can start all over again. So it's stupid. You know what I mean? Like, so any fight that we have, even if I hate you that day, it's never going to make me actually like, you know, walk away from this because I, I don't know. It's It would be stupid. It would be fucking stupid of me. But I want it to be like at the point that you... I, I guess what I walked away with is like I want us to be partners. Like I really love you. Like I yeah, I okay. I want you to feel invested and like. And I think we are, but it's understanding that you know even any good partnership, one person does A B, the other person does C and D. Because unfortunately, you have to do A B C and D for it. Maybe all to that's work. what it is. Is and that we need it. to figure and that so out? So I. But, I told you after yesterday's conversation, I know what I wanted. I told you what I wanted, and I realized, okay, well, that's fine. I maybe want to do A right now, but that's fine, okay? I can still do B and C. You're going to take care of A and D. That's it. I'm oh, getting yeah. half of what I want. You're getting the majority of what you want, but it's fine because I'm still getting what I want out of the deal. You know what I mean? You gotta then tell me what A and D is because I, I know, Sarah. Like... These are all just these are all meta. They're all just random like things. Well, fuck! It is us against the 
world. I, we've got to go and do these other projects because I'm telling you, we're so close. And I feel like we are having this amazing success. And you know what? I hate success because you know what it breeds? Drama. That's what I'm going to say about this show. And that's what I wanted to talk about because yeah. that's really heavy on me. Like, I feel like, you know, I think sometimes you think, oh, I live in a, you know, space zone or whatever. And I also feel like it. We've been in that situation where it becomes all about one person, and that person doesn't have oversight to go, hey, I've got something really great. And the thing is, is I know we have something really great. Yeah. So I don't want to fuck that up. Again, we're on the same page here, Sarah. Can we go back to talk about Mariah Carey now? <laughs> okay, fine. Don't bring any of this up, by the way, when you see us. That's what I'm going to leave I mean, you with. can, but I'll talk to you the same way I do when other people bring me up. Look, ask people who have asked me about things I don't want to talk about. I will look them in the face and just ignore them. Like, I have no problems doing that if I don't want to answer the question. No, I mean, look, I feel like, hey, look, I don't want to, you know, look, I'm sure you'll be mad for me bringing this up. But the reason that I'm bringing it up is I feel like other people can relate. Everybody goes through this in different businesses and different partnerships and relationships. And what I'm fascinated by, this is the thing that I feel like our audience is good at, is... We're doing this together, no matter what. So whatever Mm -hmm. sacrifices I have to make to make you on board and, you know, want to be a part of this and creative and feel like you're, you know, achieving what you want, I am doing. Like, there's no, like, hey, okay, you know, half in, half out. Because we dealt with that bullshit of half in, half out. I guess what I'm fascinated is is how do we get to both resolutions that we want and be happy without therapy? Because I felt like yesterday, you know, I really feel like you and I should go into therapy. What the (laughs) fuck are you? You are out of your mind. I really feel like you and I should go into therapy. Would you be open to that? I am not going to therapy with a coworker. (laughs) I am not doing. No, Sarah, this is the line that. this is, you know what, you know what, I have this really, have you heard about the new season of Mariah's World? <laughs> have you heard about it, Sarah? It's great. I have this great clip. Let me play it for you. Okay, fine, play that. Anyway. This season on Mariah's World. I am so excited about this. Well, you know what, men, whatever, men. Oh, I can't wait for this show. God, Mariah's World sucks. It's an in- <laughs> Is it not playing? service, yeah. Into a world people might not see. That's my boss right there. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's whatever. it? Yeah, All right, look, okay. it's out December 7th. It is Mariah Carey's reality show, and I'm very excited about it. I know I might be the only one. It's going to be on E. Do you have any interest in Mariah Carey still? I just want to know how many scenes they're going to have to edit out of her, like, working out in high heels. Because that's all I think of when I think of Mariah Carey. Remember that MTV Cribs from back in the day? Yeah. When they showed her, and she's like, oh, this is my workout place. And she's just sitting there, like, working out in high she heels. Was on a on, on, on a step, like, on a step thing. Yeah. Like, or elliptical or whatever they call that. Like... With high heels, and people were like, "What? Do you actually work out?" And she's like, "I actually do work out like this." <laughs> you know, she does. And the promo for it, she's in lingerie, lounging yeah. around her house at like 10 a.m. And she goes, "I don't know. Do people dress like this? I have no idea, but I do, darling." And then she just is like lounging around in high heels and lingerie, and her kids are hanging out. Is that she on? is. I mean, she is. Did you ever see your mom walking around in lingerie when you were little? Uh, my aunt, yeah, a lot. What? A lot. You did? Yeah, that's what they like, they wore. Like, not laundry, but like, I mean, here, like, you're talking about, like, a nightie that, like, covers yeah. just the hair. Yeah, I mean, I'd seen one of those, like, that was, like, lace or whatever. Where was your aunt? She'd come over to your house and No, that? this was, like, I'd be at their place, and they would just walk. Like, these are, this is a very open family. Like, I want to say not until I hit puberty, they finally start, like, saying, okay, it's probably inappropriate for us to get, like, to change in front of Sammy. Because I would oh, just be. that's right. I think you told I me that. I would just be in a room hanging out, like, you know, playing my Game Boy. Then all of a sudden, like. One of my aunts or one of my cousins would walk in there, just like strip down and like change. I was like, "What the fuck's going on?" Like and they go, "Oh, whatever. Come turn around. Just play your Game Boy." Uh, that would be what. And I'd be like, "What?" So you were like twelve like, or thirteen, and your aunt like, would be completely, completely naked. Completely. Like I have seen. No joke. This is gonna sound really weird, but I was joking about this, and it sounds really creepy to say it. I have seen. I've seen the breasts of at least like what eight of my aunts. <laughs> And that probably like three or four record. of my cousins, like like no joke. And it's not like anything. They just feel so. They just get. I don't know. They just change in front of me. Like uh, to them, I think I'm just one of the girls. It's very weird. Um, that is kind of bizarre. I've got to say. Like That's they don't do it anymore. Thank God. But even instead, like sometimes my cousins will just like start changing. Like, hey, Sammy, turn around. And I'll be like, are you kidding me? Just ask me to leave the room. Like I can walk out of the room for three minutes. And they're like, no, you're fine. Just turn around. And I was like, turn around, and like they'll change my. It's the weirdest thing. I don't understand why, but they all trust me. So it's like I'm. It's I'm, very European. And I think it's also because 
I am the age of a lot of my cousins, right? And okay. so to them, I was always like that boy that they never had. Because Mehdi, my the other boy in the family, is like 11 years older than me. You know what I mean? So he kind of had his time. And then I was the boy when they all had kids and stuff, you know? So everyone kind of treats me like the brother for everyone. So that's why I have to go to all the weddings because all my cousins are like, but you're like my brother. I was like, that's because you're a... It's only you. There was you nobody, had, you had else, nobody else. Yeah, really, so clearly yeah. I'm the brother. Yeah, yeah. And then you feel like as the brother, everyone felt comfortable getting just, nude with their brother. I'm telling you, it was ridiculous. <laughs> like... To sit there oh and just, I mean, God. God, like how many times have I seen my grandmother naked? It was disgusting. Like I've, Your seen, I've seen both of my grandmothers like <laughs> completely naked numerous times, and it's like weird. Oh my God! Okay, they that is strange. They just didn't care. Like my dad, I'm telling you, my dad let it hang. Like, while, <laughs> well, like I can my understand entire that. childhood. Not until I was like, not until he moved back to the United States, and then like he was married to this like American lady, right? He was like with this American lady, and she kind of put the pressure on to be like, just so you know, it's not normal for you to be showing your, you know, your, dad. your nuts and your bolts dog. to your son every day. And he's like, wait, what? What do you mean? He's got one too. It's fine. Like, you ain't ever see that? Oh my God. We need to get your dad on the show. I mean, he'll probably deny it now. My dad likes to deny stuff from his past, but I was like, dad, I was there. I saw the dick. <laughs> you can't deny it. Hey, I thought of you. This uh, Lonely Planet has this story of an Australian man who traveled from Scotland to India just by swapping beer for accommodations and lifts. And by the way, I think he was sponsored to do this. This also could be a project for you. Um, I'm telling you, if any beer company wants to sponsor me, I will literally travel the world and just trade beer and film it. Look at this. This guy everywhere. He went to music festivals. He says he stayed up to two weeks just trading beers. That's fantastic. Manny Marshall, 42 years old. He spent eight weeks, 5,000 miles. Uh, He gave 120 cans of... Is it Innocent Gun Craft Beer in exchange for free rides and accommodations along the way? Totally has to be a sponsored thing, don't you think? What do you mean? Like that someone probably one of his boys like, hey man, I'll give you a bunch of beer. I own this brewery. Do it. Oh, I mean, you great. think it was like marketing for them? Yeah, marketing for the brewery. Oh, that's a it good idea. It wasn't like too. sponsored to do that. Like it was definitely marketing for, that's genius though, I'm telling you. Anyone here, any of these local breweries, give me your beer. I will travel the world and hand it over to people in training for whatever. Why don't you just travel to Baltimore? See if you can get from here to Baltimore. I would be curious. Could on you do beer, that? I could get a. <laughs> I could get from here to a lot further on beer. You think just by what waving a craft beer, like he would hold a sign? If stand I the sat there with go, a sign there that said, "Need a ride to Baltimore." Have beer to trade? <laughs> do you understand? I would get picked up immediately. Do we think this would be safe? I mean, I would. I'm down for it. Because uh, that is kind of a myth, right? We're apparently living in, like, the safest time yeah. that we've lived in in, like, years. I actually want to do this. I want to strap a GoPro to your head and have you just be out there with a craft beer. You know what? Sammy K at HayFrage.com. If you own a craft beer brewery, I actually know somebody who would sponsor this, I think. If you do, Sammy K at HayFrage.com, I think that'd be amazing. We could just give you a weekend. We could set you out Friday to Sunday and, and see I where you to, end up. And I have to survive. And all I have is I just have a suitcase full of beer, and I've got to somehow make it to Baltimore, <laughs> hang out, and make it back to D.C. and have a great weekend? Yeah. I could easily do this with just beer. Or maybe you get further. Maybe you get wherever and then we just fly you back. Like, you see how far you can get. How far I can get with free beer. Be like, I have beer. We'll go anywhere. And just stand there on the street. Be like, yo, man, where are you going? All right, cool. Take me there. I'll find someone from there. Oh, my God. But no one can hurt you. But I I don't think they would. I I don't think. Sarah, I'm too sketchy. Do you think I'm too would... sketchy to be like, no one's going to hurt me. Do you think people would stop? Yeah. I mean, no. But, yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, okay. I feel like we need to reach out. It, it, definitely email Sammy if you own a small craft brewery because that would be hysterical. There's a new list out of the scariest movies of all time. Did you ever see The Cabin? The Cabin? The no. Cabin is number five on the list. I have not seen many scary movies, me nor neither. have I seen many movies in general. Really? I yeah. thought you were more of a movie buff. I don't watch any movie. The last the last time I went to a theater was to see Avatar. No, it was to see Star Wars. <laughs> before that was Avatar. And before that was like Perks of Being a Wallflower. And before that it was like Austin Powers Gold Member. Those I don't were go, the last like, I movie don't, theater Like films? I don't go to movies. Like Are it's you really not that like into it? once uh once every year and a half or so I'll go to a movie. Really? And I'd never watch movies like at home. Like I don't pop up Netflix. I've never touched the movie section on my Netflix. Um, there's the top five movies that are the scariest movies of all time. The Exorcist is also on there. That was so lame. I remember watching that when I was young. Never They're thought like, it was... it's going to be scary. And I was like, this is stupid. Halloween makes the list. You ever watch Halloween 1978? That movie was out. That still tops the list of apparently one of the scariest movies of all time. I don't know. The Shining. Did you see The Shining? I've That's seen also clips on the list. of The Shining. Um, that's pretty. Yeah, that's 
pretty scary, I guess. I've never seen Saw. That's also on the list. And then The Evil Dead. The Evil Dead? Apparently one of the scariest movies of all time. It's so packed with evil that even the trees, I guess, uh, rip hapless teenagers apart in a pre-Spider-Man flick. That's awesome. So there are some absolutely terrifying movies. Um, uh, Do you think that you could fit a wedding ring around your penis? Well, okay, hold on. Are we talking about this story? Because I think this guy, and I'm telling you, you have to walk a mile in a man's shoes to see where he's coming from. And I tried to understand where he was coming from exactly. And I think he made all of the right decisions. And I'm going to stand by that. Really? All the right decisions. Okay, well, this was a very strange story. Uh, A guy decided to see if he could try and get his wedding ring on his penis, but then wound up in the hospital. This is real life. And that came after four hours of even having his mom try and help him remove it. Okay. Which, for you, I guess would be comfortable, right? I mean, considering how much you're feeling. Here's the thing. All right, so here's exactly why I'm going to tell you this, okay? And here's why I believe this guy did everything right. Okay. First off, wedding rings, my friends that are married, they notoriously lose their wedding rings, right? Okay. Because, like, if they work with machines at all, they always got to pull them off, put it in their pocket, and they're always losing it, okay? So the fact is, he was thinking, I'm going to lose this. This is very expensive. My wife's going to kill me for this if I lose this. Let me put it somewhere safe. Boom. He doesn't take his pants off, but what, maybe once, twice a day to go pee and maybe take a number two at work? You know? Okay. So the wedding ring around the shaft is actually probably the safest place to keep it. Because if you think about it, it's also very intimate in such a way, like, you will only share that with your Your, wife. Your significant other, yeah, of course. So at this point, like, he's already, like, in my head, I'm thinking if I was this guy, you have already made all the right decisions. So you initially put it on there. Now you get a little bit of a hiccup and you try to take it off and you realize that it won't come off, okay? This is where I think he made another great decision, all right? You have to sit there and you realize, I have to go get help. I need to get someone to help me out because I'm not going to be able to take care of this myself. Who should I call? Unfortunately, Ghostbusters isn't real, okay? Your friends, if you call them, they're just going to make fun of you for the rest of your life about this. If you go to your doctor, that's now on your medical record for the rest of your life. Your wife is going to look at you, and she's going to hold it over you. And the last thing you want, you know, because you could always get divorced, you don't want her to be sharing that story, right? So the only person that has literally been there through thick and thin with you and will never throw you under the bus is who? Your mother. (laughs) That's good theory. So I'm sitting there, Sarah, and I am stuck now. Okay, I tried to do a good thing for my wife by making sure I'd never lose my wedding ring. Now it's stuck. I have to find someone to help me. I am going to knock on Mama Z's door right there. I've been like, (laughs) Mama, Mama, Isha Horny. Like, I'll speak to her in Arabic. Isha Horny? Isha Horny. Isha Horny. Come here. Come here. Come here. And then she'll come over and I'll be like, Mom, this is between you and me. Just like that time that I was four years old and I zipped my penis outside my pants because I forgot. Same thing. You're not going to share with anybody, right, Mom? She goes, no, I won't, son. And boom. Well, by the time this guy got to the hospital, his penis was erect. They actually had to puncture his penis with needles and syringes because of the swelling. The blood. Which initially prevented doctors from surgically then sawing it off. Aww. With a tiny little saw. Ah! Can you imagine? I just feel like, isn't that embarrassing? Like, why would you ever look at your penis and think, I mean, a wedding ring is fairly small, right? I mean, but isn't it like, I mean, but maybe it was like, like a thumb ring would be fine, I feel. Maybe it would be oh, too small. Okay. But I mean, you're like your ring, yeah, that's a little bit too small, but maybe he just, maybe he's a skinny guy. I I don't know. That story was absolutely strange. To I think me. he did everything right. I just want to send out my support to this nameless man that I believe you did everything right. South, he was a South African guy, and there you go. Well, uh, how do you feel about this? Hairdressers are now being trained to recognize domestic abuse. You think that's like a good move or kind of strange and random? A hairdresser. A hairdresser. So, so I could literally go to a cosmetology school for three months, and now I am <laughs> trained to not only give you great bangs, but to also decide whether or not yeah. you've been abused at home. Correct. Yes, absolutely. This is really happening. Makes sense. It's happening in um, Iowa and some other states and Illinois where hairdressers are now being trained to recognize abuse because more people are likely to open up to their hairdressers and hairdressers are also likely to see because they're looking at your neck, shoulders, more of your body at times to be able to recognize it. Or when the customer comes in and goes, yeah, is there any way you could give me bangs so I can cover up all of these bruises? <laughs> like that's usually a pretty good signifier, Sarah. I know. Don't you feel 
think that's a lot of responsibility. That's a lot on of a responsibility for like a twenty-year-old hairdresser who just graduated from Capri College in Iowa, <laughs> which, by the way, is the beauty school in Iowa. Capri. I feel like they had one of those they have, in Maine. They have them in all the small areas. That's like yeah. They would just say like, and that dude, wouldn't you go to Capri and get like you're like, oh man, I really want to get my hair perm, but I don't want to spend forty dollars at you know Smart Cuts. Right. So let me so go you, to Capri. Let's go, let's go to Capri. I can get it for like fifteen dollars, and it'd be like a seventeen-year-old who dropped out of high school doing your hair? Well, salon professionals are now skilled and experienced listeners who are personally interested in their clients. Many can be victims suffering from abuse. I'm going to throw this out there. There's someone that works at a salon that thinks of themselves way too much. (laughs) Why? But maybe this is a good thing. Uh, It's a new, by the way, the Professional Beauty Association has already launched a campaign called Cut It Out that aims to raise awareness about the role of hairdressers in addressing domestic violence. I mean, I just feel like, uh, great. I mean, anybody, go ahead and recognize it. I just thought this was interesting, but then once I read the story, I was like, okay, it kind of makes sense. I mean, I will agree that any time that you can teach anybody to look for warning signs of any sort of assault or abuse or anything like that, yes, it's a positive thing. I just don't know if out of all the, you know, it's like what are they going to do? Like, oh, we actually train bus drivers too to tell. Um, so that way, when you're coming to swipe in your car, they can look and they can, like. I don't know. I just, you know, I feel like they may have other stuff that you know. Is there any some new highlighting style? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was very, very interesting. Um, hey, I wanted your suggestions. So you know, in 2017, because 2017 is obviously going to be here before you know it. I really want Dan and myself to get a hobby together. A hobby together. God, you're I- trying to get this man to break <laughs> up with you. Why? No, I had recently read a story that couples who, like, do an activity together, whether it's they, like, go painting or they shoot guns or whatever, they end up having a stronger bond. You and Dan are going to go skeet shooting (laughs) once a week. No, he wants to learn how to shoot guns and take a gun safety course. You should. I'm telling you, you should get him really good at skeet shooting. You guys can play the the Ying Yang Boy song? Ying Yang Twins What's that one? Skeet shooting where they shoot the little this stuff. Oh, skeet, skeet, skeet. Well, yeah, you can play that while you're skeet shooting. See, so you can do the skeet. And I'll skeet, skeet, mother. Well, I wanted to know what you think we should do. You obviously know us, and I love people's suggestions. Like, should we should we take golf lessons together? Should we get into well, tennis? Here's should we, my, what should we do? Here's my really... theory. Okay, I'm going to throw this out there real quick, sidebar, and then I'll go back and I'll give you advice. Okay, usually people in relationships have stuff in common to begin with. <laughs> And so, you know, it's easy. We don't. We don't. Like, you'd be like, oh, wow, we actually initially started liking each other because you like soccer, I like soccer, so we joined a soccer league together because, you know, these are something in common. Okay, beyond that, though, now we've realized that you and Dan have nothing in common, and now you're trying to... No, he told me this summer when we were in a fight that he didn't think that we had much in common. You don't have much in common, okay? <laughs> and so right I now, disagree. so right now, you're trying to sit there, mm-hmm. and you're trying to create something that you guys can have in common. Yeah. Which is going to be a stress for you and a stress for him in the long run. Why? He wants to go gun shooting. What is I'll he go like? gun shooting. Okay, but here's the thing. Like, is there something that he really wants? Like um, you said, the gun he shooting. He wants like, to take a cooking class. He wants to do the gun safety course. He like, is there something, he I'm wants sorry. to do golf lessons. Is there a hobby he already has? A hobby that he already has? I would say he is a big nerd. Like, he loves the Marvel then and the Then why wouldn't you sit there and try I hate to... that shit. Okay, but hold on. That's how that's wouldn't that be a part of the it's like him sitting there and being like, Well, you know what, I will focus more and I will actually learn about fashion blogging. I'm gonna start up a male fashion blog so we can hobby blog together. <laughs> you know, but then you're gonna have to go and go to the Marvel conventions and watch all the superhero <laughs> movies and read comic books every you know, have Thursday night comic book night. You guys can have some lasagna. Have I, some read some com- read some graphic novels. He does have a comic book collection, by the way. He's got like two thousand comic but books. But as of now, I'm telling you, like, if you like, let's say, start doing like a cooking class together. Yeah. Okay. So I was thinking. Well, at this point, a you're spending a lot of money to force yourselves to do something together, and then b, um, at one point, it's going to become stressful because it's like almost like a chore. You know what I mean? It's work for you guys. It's not an actual true hobby because a true hobby is when you have all every time you're like, I would rather do nothing more than this. Like cooking for me is an actual hobby. Well, it's relaxing because for you. it's relaxing yeah. for me and I actually enjoy doing it. This is just going to be a stress because he's going to have to be there at a certain time, get through traffic, park, get inside, meet you there for the cooking class. And you guys got to do this cooking class. And he's like, oh, God. Like, yeah, I mean, aren't you worried it's going to become a stress for you in the same way? So, no, because I thought I would embrace this. I'm curious, by the way, to see what people... Okay, what hobbies have you guys developed as a couple? Because I bet people listening have developed hobbies. By the way, we have a phone number. You should, uh, yeah, you know what? Call us, yeah. yeah. You know it? Do you know the number? 207. Yeah. 613. Yep, you got it. 6695? Boom. 
Doom and boom. Got it. <laughs> well, all right, so we want you to call us. Uh, well, all we need you to do is leave one one word on the voicemail to help us decide what we're going to choose here. Okay. Either skeet or eat. So what is she going to do? <laughs> is she going to go skeet shooting or is she going to learn how to cook some eats? So we just need you to, or you can tweet us too, skeet or eat. Skeet or eat, that's awesome. Yeah. At the Sammy K, S-A-M-Y-K, and at Hey Frage, H-E-Y-F-R-A-S-E on Twitter. I'm voting well, for the skeet. I feel like we'll have a lot in common in 2017. Our relationship is in a great place. And like I said, I feel like that's why, and I'm just, I'll just revisit it one more time. Like, you and I should think about therapy together. Go fuck <laughs> yourself. Okay, well, I just, I just. Actually, you know what? I'm going to therapy be answered this question because I actually yeah. had a serious question Ask I want to bring on today's show. Okay. okay. Yes, please. I need to know the fine line between theft and finding something. Okay. Is there, a, like, is there a line? Theft. And finding something. Like, so, like, um, at what point... That's a great question. At what point, like, if I just find something, can I just be like, well... That's an awesome question. You know, because I'm going to give you a, a hypothetical example. Okay, give Let's it to me. Let's say me. I found a brand new Samsung Android phone just laying somewhere, and I opened it up to see if it was owned by somebody, and a friend of mine would be like, dude, this has been laying here in our construction site for, like, a week now. No one knows whose it is. Blah, blah. Oh shit, you are holding two phones. And, and this is a brand new phone. And there was no SIM card. I took it to the T Mobile store and they were like, it's no one's ever even registered the phone. Like it's never even been like registered or anything. So someone lost so at this point, I cannot find the owner. It is impossible for me to find the owner. It's never it's been yours. registered. It's never it's yours. so do I have the right or, you know, am I gonna all of a sudden have some tracking shit coming up and get me like you stole this phone? No, it's totally yours. Right? Yeah. And so at this point it's mine. And I sat there and I was like, Okay, and I like no one knows anything, so it's my phone, right? Did you pop the SIM card in? Uh, my SIM card is I gotta get a smaller SIM card for this kind of phone. You have a brand new Samsung phone. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, but I don't know what kind of phone it is. Oh, my God. Wait, but, oh, because you don't know what it is. Like, if it's a Galaxy oh, it's a X7. Galaxy or On 5? What's that? I have no idea. Yeah, that's a Google Galaxy. Google that. I'll Google that. Well, you know, that's actually interesting. I like so, that So, like, question. at this point, like, do, like I'm also worried because I'm a big believer in karma. And so, is it better for me just to take the phone and leave it? At a police station, knowing that no one's ever going to come no. claim it, and like that, no. or keep it. Is this? Because I'm afraid of the bad karma, or is this good karma? Because it's you know staying it's, with me. It's good karma. You were meant to have it. You did all the right. Here's the thing. I, I have a simple answer for this. If you check things out, meaning like, okay, it was there for a week. Nobody came back to look for it. You took it into a T-Mobile. Nobody had put in a SIM card. No one had it registered. Then you did all your due diligence. No, you're karma free. It's your phone. It's like, here's the thing. I found when I was at L.L. Bean in Maine mm-hmm. last year, I found $20 next to the toilet. And I thought... Well, because of the name, it didn't have it didn't have their name on it. You thank know? you. I took it, and then people trolled me on social media and were like, "Oh my god, bad karma! Leave that twenty dollars. Someone's coming back for that." And I'm like, "I don't think they're coming back for it. I think I was meant to find it." I'm telling I you. I think the difference is like if you're if something's like dropped by someone's desk because I also had this happen to me at Fox Five. Someone had left money five dollars right near the desk. Yeah. Now clearly, I had known that, that was, was that obviously person. someone's yeah. money, so I left it on the desk. So that wasn't, you know, that would have been theft if I had taken it and bad karma. No, you did your due diligence. So I'm doing due diligence. Well, here, I also want to know, is this phone a piece of shit? Because I don't want it if it's a piece of shit. I don't know. What'd you Google? Well, right. I don't know. Because I have to go, like, I don't, I have to go get a SIM card and stuff. It looks like it's a cheap phone. I don't know. Large really? five-inch TFT display, two megapixel front-facing and five megapixel real-facing camera. I think that that's was, not good, right? Oh, I don't know. I, I know nothing about phones, but that anything. sounds good to me. Huh. I would take it. Yeah, I guess at this point I am. <laughs> Sorry. No, I think that's awesome. Um, as Sammy mentioned, you need to be following us on social media. Um, you can catch us all social medias, the Sammy K, just one Y. And then at Hey Frage on Instagram, on Twitter, Hey Frage Show on Snapchat, uh, Hey Frage Podcast on Facebook. Um, there was a very interesting story, too, about, you know, we, we love to talk about different races, different ethnicities on the show. Believe me, I don't always get it right, and many of you remind me of that. But there's an interesting article out about the challenges that interracial couples deal with that you don't think about. Any ideas of Hmm. what they are? Because they kind of surprised me. No, I don't actually. One of the biggest things, and I'd be curious. Be, if, hold on, is it interracial couples, right? Interracial couples. So this is the biggest. I think thing. it's how they. Is it beauty for the children? Actually, you're very close. Was it? See, I thought in light like of a everything, beauty regimen for the kids. 
Yeah, you're almost really close. I thought in light of everything that's happening in this country, it would be like hateful remarks still. Mm -hmm. But they say no. The two of the biggest themes that come up in talking about interracial relationships were food and family. So the challenges that arrive are this. Lots of time, like, uh, they they look at a Chinese-Canadian couple and how difficult it was for them to kind of go back and forth between two families. Also, in raising a black child in America, that can be completely different when you take them to their white family and then when you take them to their black family. I just... Wow. Isn't that interesting? I really thought it would be more, I guess, I don't know. Comments that people were making. Yeah, I mean, I get where you're going with that, but I feel like a lot because with a lot of my friends, um, like I have a friend who's like, you know, he's got like a, you know, he's married to a black lady. Okay. And so he said that, yeah, they get in a big issue because he knows how he was raised, like his beauty regimen, like, you know, the bath, the shower, what they do, and the kind of products they use and everything like that. And he's like, and it's totally different because she has different hair, you know, different lives. Like, I don't know, like, I thought all I had to do is put it in barrettes and shit. Like, no, I have to, like, brush it, do this. Like, so to him, he's had, like, he's like, that's been a little big contentious point because sometimes I just, I just don't know. And I've had to actually learn how to do, you know, completely different beauty regimen because that's not how I was raised on. Well, same with, like, different cultures, you know? Oh, like, different God. cultures have such different regimens that... Oh, absolutely. Well, one married interracial couple says that they have two sons, three, uh, and one of the biggest challenges they face is how to raise them in two different ways. Sarah, as a white mother who sees her half-white son's biggest problems are getting into the right schools and making good life decisions, and their dad, a black father, wanting to shield them from a system that's stacked against them, often wishing them incarceration or harm without the justifiable reasons to do so. The couple says it's a constant struggle between two very, very different viewpoints, which which is interesting. Mm. Oh my god, I'd completely be that person. Really? I'd be that mom. I would be. I, I say it on the show all the time. I feel like I try to always just treat people, everybody, the same. And it, in my mind, I feel that others do that and should. I know that's not real, but that's kind of my eyes. I'd be like, oh, you just need a good education. Okay. Then the Asian, uh, an Asian Canadian family, as we talked about, said one of the biggest struggles is when their families get together for food. The Caucasian family is not interested in eating all of the Asian cuisines, and in fact wants sometimes more meat, potato, and vegetable. They say the hardest thing is to sit down for a family meal. The stubbornness of both families can be very difficult to deal with. I, mean, I feel like this will be, you know, you're going to have these struggles, I feel like. Uh, yeah, I feel like I probably will. <laughs> That's why I also don't want to talk about those now in my what, life. What? Have we brought, do you want to bring up anything else you don't want to talk about? Actually, <laughs> no, there is one last thing I, I want to bring up. Are you ready wait, for Before I say I was going to say, interracial couples, I would be curious. Tell us what your biggest struggles are, because you need to use our phone line, 207-613-6695. Leave us a message. You can eat or skeet, and then that. Yeah. Go on. Eat, skeet, or, you know, and then get, tell us this. Right. All right, so you ready for my last story? Yeah, yeah. My favorite story of the show. It's the end of the show, Sarah. What? That's, oh, that's, that's the it. outro. That's the outro. That's the outro music. I'm sure you're so glad today's show is over. I, I mean, I'm happy. I'll, I'm happy for tomorrow's show, oh too. Just think about, too. You know, there's lots of therapy options for us. And I'm out. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Going for the number